Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, a new prediction for 2023, the sports streaming wars. What's with all the weirdness going on with Anchor's security cameras? Is Apple going to cancel the iPhone SE? Is the Google Facebook ad duopoly over? And an interesting raise for a deep fake startup. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Is it too late to put another marker down for 2023 predictions? Could next year be the year that sports enter the streaming wars in a big way? Or maybe the streaming wars isn't the right framing, really. But the possible transformation of sports viewing, thanks to tech companies, sources are telling the Wall Street Journal that the NFL is in advanced talks to give YouTube exclusive Sunday ticket rights. A deal could be reached as early as today after an NFL owner meeting scheduled for today. Quote, terms being discussed for the agreement couldn't immediately be learned. Satellite broadcaster DirecTV, which is owned by AT&T and private equity firm TPG, currently pays $1.5 billion annually for Sunday ticket rights, the Wall Street Journal has reported. Sunday ticket allows subscribers to view all out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, meaning games that don't involve their local teams. A potential move of Sunday ticket to YouTube is further evidence of major sports migrating from traditional TV, which has been hit by cord cutting, to streaming and tech companies that are willing to spend heavily on content. Amazon has its own NFL deal while Apple streams some Major League Baseball games and has a new deal for Major League Soccer. Amazon and Apple also kicked the tires on Sunday Ticket. The addition of Sunday Ticket would provide a boost to YouTube's streaming efforts as the video platform attempts to broaden beyond advertising sales into subscription revenue. YouTube's advertising business declined on a yearly basis for the first time in the third quarter following a streak of rapid growth during the pandemic. Under the scenario being discussed, NFL games would be available to be streamed on two subscription services, YouTube TV and YouTube primetime channels next season. YouTube has already grown into a popular destination for television watchers, overtaking Netflix as the most viewed streaming service on TV for the first time ever earlier this year, according to Nielsen Data. YouTube TV, a $64.99 a month online bundle of cable channels, crossed more than 5 million subscriptions and trial accounts in June, according to the company. Primetime Channels, which launched in November, allows viewers to individually subscribe to more than 30 streaming services. Sunday Ticket would be offered as an add-on to both services, the people familiar with the potential agreement said. DirecTV has experienced subscriber declines that made it difficult to justify the costs of holding on to Sunday Ticket. Sunday Ticket has around 1.5 million subscribers. The NFL has been eager to strike media partnerships with tech companies, which expands the pool of potential bidders every time rights deals come up for negotiation. This season, Amazon's Prime Video streaming service became the exclusive national home for the NFL's Thursday night football package at an average annual price of $1.2 billion a season, a big increase from what Fox previously paid for the same rights, end quote. Time to catch you up on a weird story that's been percolating for a few weeks now. About a month ago, a security researcher reported that Anchor's Eufy-branded security cameras allegedly sent images to the cloud without user consent and could be accessed without authentication. Then, last week, Eufy quietly removed 10 commitments from its privacy page, including encryption, after questions about keeping those promises arose. And now, Anchor has been forced to admit that Eufy security cameras' live view feature on its web portal, quote, has a security flaw. But 
fails to address why anyone can view unencrypted streams. Quoting The Verge, On the last episode of Will Anchor Ever Tell Us What's Actually Going On With Its Security Cameras Rather Than Lying and Covering Its Tracks, we told you how Eufy's customer support team is now quietly providing some of the answers to the questions that the company had publicly ignored about its smart home camera security. Now Anchor is finally taking a stab at a public explanation in a new blog post titled To Our Eufy Security Customers and Partners. Unfortunately, it contains no apology and doesn't begin to address why anyone would be able to view an unencrypted stream in VLC Media Player on the other side of the country from a supposedly always-local, always-end-to-end encrypted camera. What it does contain is a clear admission. Quote, Eufy Security's live view feature on its web portal feature has a security flaw, the company admits in bold letters. While stopping short of an apology, the company does acknowledge that, quote, we know the need for more straightforward and timely communications on these issues has frustrated many customers, it says it has stayed silent because it's, quote, been using the last few weeks to research these possible threats and gather all the facts before publicly addressing these claims, end quote. The post also addresses some other concerns that security researchers have raised, like how Eufy was uploading thumbnails from its cameras, including pictures of faces, to the cloud without making users aware so that it can deliver push notifications. Anchor says those images are protected with end-to-end encryption and reiterates that it's now making customers aware that they have a choice of local or cloud push notifications in an updated version of the app. Good, end quote. Although, it seems like they still have some splaining to do. Our Apple analyst pal, Ming-Chi Kuo, says Apple plans to cancel or postpone, at least, iPhone SE 4 mass production, which had been set for 2024 due to lower-than-expected shipments of its middle- and lower-tier iPhones. Quoting Mac Rumors. Quo also said that the full-screen design that Apple has in mind for the iPhone SE 4 will require higher costs and selling prices, so Apple may need to, quote, reconsider the product positioning and return on investment for the iPhone SE 4. Reducing unnecessary product development costs will also help Apple navigate the, quote, challenges of the global economic recession in 2023, according to Quo. Multiple rumors have suggested that Apple is working on a new version of the iPhone SE with the device set to launch in 2024. Apple is developing a device that could look similar to the iPhone XR with an all-display design that does away with the Touch ID home button and instead adopts either Face ID or a Touch ID power button. Rumors indicate that the iPhone SE 4 could have a 6.1-inch LCD or OLED display along with a notch at the top, much like the current iPhone 14 models. Apple's plans for the iPhone SE 4 have have not been finalized, and earlier this year, Apple analyst Ross Young said Apple had not decided between an OLED or LCD display for the device. Apple discontinued the 5.4-inch iPhone line after poor sales of mini-sized iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 models, and rumors have also indicated that the more affordable iPhone 14 Plus has seen lower-than-expected sales. For that reason, Apple could instead focus on its flagship iPhones in 2023 and 2024, pushing development on the iPhone SE line back or going with cheaper components that will allow for a lower price point than the planned design changes, end quote. Interesting addition to the line also goes down file. According to Insider Intelligence, Google will capture 28.8% of the U.S. digital ad market, at least ad revenue, in 2022, and Meta will grab 19.6% for a combined 48.4%, which would be down from the peak of 54.7% in 2017. So for the first time in years, 
This duopoly is not responsible for half of advertising revenue in the U.S. Is the great advertising duopoly broken? Is it shrinking? Is this Apple ATT stuff or competition from the likes of TikTok? Quoting Axios, Google and Meta, known together in the ad industry as the duopoly, are expected to bring in less than half of all U.S. digital advertising this year for the first time since 2014. By far, the biggest threat to their collective ad dominance is Amazon, which has grown its ad business to over $30 billion annually. By 2024, Amazon is expected to capture 12.7% of all U.S. digital ad dollars, while Meta is expected to capture 17.9%. While TikTok's ad business is booming, it's still relatively small in the U.S. compared to its big tech rivals. TikTok is expected to earn $8.6 billion in ad revenue in 2024, which will make it the fifth largest digital ad publisher in the U.S., following Google, Meta, Amazon, and Microsoft slash LinkedIn. The ubiquity of screens in the home, workplace, and on the go has made it so that virtually any company can target customers with digital ads, expanding the set of competitors for Google and Meta, from other publishers and social media firms to streamers, e-commerce companies, and beyond. Amazon, along with other e-commerce players like Walmart and eBay, has started to build out a significant digital ad network that can be used to boost products within its own marketplace. Streaming companies like Hulu, Roku, Paramount's Pluto, and Fox's Tubi are collectively gaining digital ad market share as more television dollars flow away from traditional television. Google has long dominated digital search advertising, while Meta has conquered targeted social media advertising, but new entrants into the ad market are targeting their dominance in unexpected ways. More people are leveraging TikTok and Amazon to search for products and ideas online, pulling some of the momentum away from Google's dominance. Changes to Apple's app tracking policies have significantly undercut Meta's ability to target ads based on a user's activity across apps. Meta has said it expects Apple's changes to cost it $10 billion this year. Both companies are relying on the growth of digital video, YouTube for Google, and Instagram for Meta to stay competitive." End quote. How do you make a password that's strong enough so no one will guess it and it's impossible for you to forget and do it for a hundred different sites and make it so everyone in your company can do the same without ever needing to reset them? Sounds impossible unless you have one password. More than any other product I've ever told you about, I can vouch 1000% for 1Password. I can't live without it. 1Password makes strong security easy for your people and gives you the visibility you need to take action when you need to. Any device, any time, 1Password lets you securely switch between iPhone, Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. 1Password's award-winning password manager is trusted by millions of users and over 100,000 businesses from IBM to Slack. It beat out 40 other options to become Wirecutter's top pick for password managers. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at 1Password.com slash ride for your growing business. That's two free weeks at 1Password.com slash ride. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to 1Password.com slash ride. I'm going to a big AI startup demo day here in the city tomorrow, and I will 100% be decked out in Mack Weldon clothing. Why? Well, Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes, 
but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. That's their Airnet underwear. Crazy, comfortable, but elevated sweatpants, the Ace Collection. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads, the Silver Peak Polo. That's my personal fave. And ultra-soft antimicrobial tees for when you need to stay fresh longer. Their Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code RIDE. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code RIDE. Here comes another one. OpenAI has open-sourced Point E, a machine learning system that generates and displays a 3D object from a text prompt in one to two minutes on an NVIDIA V100 GPU. Quoting TechCrunch. Point E doesn't create 3D objects in the traditional sense. Rather, it generates point clouds, or discrete sets of data points in space that represent a 3D shape, hence the cheeky abbreviation. The E in point E is short for efficiency because it's ostensibly faster than previous 3D object generation approaches. Point clouds are easier to synthesize from a computational standpoint, but they don't capture an object's fine-grained shape or texture, a key limitation of point E currently. To get around this limitation, the Point E team trained an additional AI system to convert Point E's point clouds to meshes. Meshes, the collections of vertices, edges, and faces that define an object, are commonly used in 3D modeling and design. But they note in the paper that the model can sometimes miss certain parts of objects, resulting in blocky or distorted shapes. Outside of the mesh-generating model, which stands alone, Point E consists of two models, a text-to-image model and an image-to-3D model. The text-to-image model, similar to generative art systems like OpenAI's own DALI 2 and Stable Diffusion, was trained on labeled images to understand the associations between words and visual concepts. The image-to-3D model, on the other hand, was fed a set of images paired with 3D objects so that it learned to effectively translate between the two. When given a text prompt, for example, a 3D printable gear, a single gear three inches in diameter and half-inch thick, Point E's text-to-image model generates a synthetic rendered object that's fed to the image-to-3D model, which then generates a point cloud. After training the models on a data set of several million 3D objects and associated metadata, Point E could produce colored point clouds that frequently matched text prompts, the OpenAI researcher said. It's not perfect, Point E's image to 3D model sometimes fails to understand the image from the text-to-image model, resulting in a shape that doesn't match the text prompt. Still, it's orders of magnitude faster than the previous state-of-the-art, at least according to OpenAI's team. What are the applications exactly? Well, the OpenAI researchers point out that Point E's point clouds could be used to fabricate real-world objects, for example, through 3D printing. With the additional mesh-converting model, the system could, once it's a little more polished, also find its way into game and animation development workflows. OpenAI might be the latest company to jump into the 3D object generator fray, but as alluded to earlier, it certainly isn't the first. Earlier this year, Google released DreamFusion, an expanded version of DreamFields, a generative 3D system that the company unveiled back in 2021. 
Unlike Dreamfields, Dreamfusion requires no prior training, meaning that it can generate 3D representations of objects without 3D data. While all eyes are on 2D art generators at the present, model synthesizing AI could be the next big industry disruptor. 3D models are widely used in film and TV, interior design, architecture, and various science fields. Architectural firms use them to demo proposed buildings and landscapes, for example, while engineers leverage models as designs of new devices, vehicles, and structures, end quote. Finally today, another AI startup success story. This one's a little different, though. South Park creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone have landed $20 million in funding for their deepfake video effects studio. Quoting Variety, Stone and Parker's Deep Voodoo began building their proprietary deepfake technology in early 2020, and the duo assembled a team of artists for a feature film about Donald Trump they had developed. In October of that year, they released Sassy Justice, a 14-minute comedy short featuring a deepfaked Trump voiced by Peter Serafinowicz, which went viral. But they suspended the movie project due to the COVID pandemic and pivoted Deep Voodoo to be a provider of deepfake tools to the industry. Deep Voodoo provided VFX for Kendrick Lamar's The Heart Part 5 music video released in May 2022, in which Lamar's face transforms into the visages of O.J. Simpson, Jesse Smollett, Nipsey Hussle, Kobe Bryant, and Kanye West. We stumbled upon this amazing technology and ended up recruiting the best deepfake artists in the world, Stone said in a statement. We are psyched to share their brilliance with the Hollywood creative community. End quote. It's the first outside capital raised by Deep Voodoo, which previously was funded entirely by Parker and Stone's independent entertainment company, Park County. Stone and Parker plan to use the new funding to, quote, accelerate Deep Voodoo's development of its leading deepfake technology, cost-effective visual effects services, and original synthetic media projects, according to the announcement, end quote. Nothing for you today. Talk to you tomorrow.